Hello, 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 my beautiful goddess sister, and welcome to Spiritpreneur School. Class is in session for light workers, change makers, my sacred bombshell genius creatives, coaches, healers, and priestesses. We are taking self love to self launch. That's right. Spiritpreneur School is an empowerment podcast for conscious women entrepreneurs created by your headmistress, me, Aviola Abrams. A spiritpreneur is a spirited business person who is conscious and heart-centered and making magic in this world. Our guests range from CFOs to professional creatives. These mostly women are brilliant thinkers who've overcome challenges to live out loud. If you're wanting to know how to answer your sacred calling and live on purpose, then my darling, you are in the absolutely right place. Today we have the distinct pleasure of having a conversation with Lazara Firefox Allen, who is the author of Jail Breaking the Goddess, yes, a radical revisioning of feminist spirituality. Now, I have to tell you, I, my sister and I have been fighting over this book. I made the mistake of lending it to her and then had to be like, I got to get it back because I'm interviewing this woman, so I need it back. <laughs> Jail Breaking <laughs> the Goddess, <laughs> let me just read a little bit from the back of the book. It's a revolutionary revisioning, as I said, of the feminine divine, where the maiden, mother, crone, archetypal system is tied to female biology and physical stages of life. The fivefold model liberates the female experience from the shackles of the reproductive model. In a woman's lifetime, we will go through several different cycles of beginnings, potential, creation, mastery, and wisdom. This fivefold model is not an adaptation of the threefold. It's a new system that embraces the powerful, fluid nature of the lived experience of women today. So welcome to Spiritpreneur School, Azara. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really delighted to be here. You are welcome. This is a great, I'm, I'm so excited. This is such a, a, a wonderful thing to be speaking with you because I've been talking about and teaching goddess spirituality from the time that I was graduating from college in the 90s. And so I feel like now this is such a powerful time because we've come to a critical mass where things that were odd at that time are now a part of the conversation. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey before jailbreaking the goddess? Definitely. So um, I was actually raised within paganism to a large extent. My, um, I was raised as part of the back to the land movement. So my parents moved way off grid. Uh, you know, I grew up with no electricity, no hot running water. It was really radical. It was a very radical lifestyle choice for my parents to make. And there, my mom was very much oriented and still is very much oriented toward the, the thought of living gently on the earth. Uh, and I think that that was kind of the inception of like really having a very strong conceptualization at, of the planet as a living entity. 
as a living being. And uh, and having been raised in the elements and so close tied into the cycles of life and, you know, birth and death that happen as, as a natural course of things when you're living like that with so little protection between you and, and nature, um, you know, so little insulation, literally and figuratively, um, yes. that, uh, you know, that, that was that was a huge part of my development. Uh, I also have been a lifelong activist. Um, I don't see my own liberation as separate from other people's liberation. And so that those are kind of my presets for the work. And uh, Jailbreaking the Goddess um, is my second title with Llewellyn. My first title with them was Sexy Witch, and Sexy Witch was very much about our own self-referential sexual and spiritual liberation. Um, so it's kind of like a continued line of thought, just, uh, you know, more radical as I've gotten older. Beautiful, beautiful. I actually just want to read a bit of your Twitter bio. I meant to read it in the beginning because it was very badass and then I forgot and read from the book. So let me just let you guys in on her Sexy Witch Twitter bio. Author, Sexy Witch, Pussy Poems, Educator, Activist, Intersectional Feminist, Queer Mama, and Neurodivergent. Awesome. So you grew up <laughs> you grew up off the grid and so it it makes perfect sense that you would be doing this kind of work. Do you feel that you were able to escape some of the mass media messages that a lot of us grew up kind of indoctrinated with about our lack of worth and the things that commercial television for example you know, beats beats you down with if you let it on a daily basis. Were you kind of right. guarded from that a bit? You know, I think I think that was part of my mom's objective with keeping us kind of, um, you know, not not sheltered but I, isolated in that way. Um, I definitely feel like that was that was probably part of her intention in that choice, and I do feel like it was somewhat effective. But I do like to point out too that all countercultures exist within the dominant culture so Mm -hmm. we all exist in the dominant paradigm and the bedrock of our reality is that of the dominant paradigm regardless of whether we have walked away from that and claimed another um, orientation we still have the framework of dominant culture embedded, right? So even though my parents made choices away from dominant culture, they were products of the dominant culture. So they also carried that conditioning within themselves. And we all do, regardless of how much work we've done to dismantle it. Although every bit of work that we can do, as you know, you know, every bit of work that we can do to dismantle that negative conditioning, you know, that that stuff that is in there, every bit of work we can do is, is I believe, leads directly to personal and collective liberation. Absolutely. I think very well said. And you recently, when you were tweeting about your book, you said uh, just a, a general question, actually, I think from the book, if I remember correctly, are you yes. ready to use your privileges, whatever they are, 
as a tool for culture disruption instead of apologizing. Yes. Can you expound on that a bit, please? Definitely. So um, so the idea of uh, the disruption of culture, I think, is so important. And, you know, one of the things I talk about a lot in Jailbreaking the Goddess is how it, things are not equal. Um, you know, not necessarily that that equal uh, is even the desired outcome. Uh, you know, fair and equal are not always the same. Uh, equal treatment is not always fair treatment. Sometimes, as as you know, you know, we have different like presets that set our starting point in the game of life differently, right? So I have right. skin privilege. Right. I I. I, I have skin privilege. It's whether I like it or not, whether I want it or not, I have that. And so, and, and I'm a cis woman. I, I identify on the non-binary spectrum, but I don't need to come out to people unless I want to. I have passing privilege. There are a lot of different privileges that I have that because I'm aware of the fact that I have those privileges, I choose to use them to actively assert myself in places where that is needed. So if my speaking up is going to save someone who's more marginalized um, the risk of doing so, then I'll do that. So that's one of the ways that I can, a like really pragmatic way that I can say this is a way we can disrupt culture. This is a way we can disrupt the status quo just by actively claiming our privilege. I think that this is so powerful and so important because, you know, as you, you mentioned, you call yourself an intersectional feminist in your bio. I think that it's really important for us to acknowledge that we have more in common than our differences, that those differences are what they tend to use and to divide and conquer by creating a hierarchy of saying, okay, well, you know, and then people buy into it and they say, oh, well, okay, if, I'm, if I can consider myself a little bit better than those people over there, then I'll actually vote against my own interests <laughs> to buy right. further into that privilege, which we see happening over and over again, which you're like, okay, why are, you know, why is this group supporting, you know, this candidate or this party or whatever it is that doesn't have their best right. interests in mind? So I think that that's Absolutely. really important. Really important. Yeah. And I think, you know, for all of us, even, you know, for people who, you know, queer people and people of color and, you know, whomever you are, I think that it's important to look at and check your own privilege because we all have privilege to some degree that, you know, for me as an educated woman, as a cis woman, as a middle class woman, you know, that there are endless amounts, even though I'm a child of immigrants, you know, first generation American, you know, African-American woman, that there are ways that we can identify with our marginalization, but then we also have to be able to check our privilege, like, okay, as an able-bodied person, et cetera, you know, and so this is an important conversation. So, Lissara, can you break down for us your new model of, spirit? I guess, how do I call it, a new model of the goddess or a new model of yeah, feminine spirituality? You know, uh yeah, I, I call so so I work with words a lot and I and one of the things that I like to do is to offer words that are 
passingly familiar, but not in common usage. So uh, because I feel like if a word is a word that we're using all the time, we have a lot of embedded meaning that I don't necessarily mean when I say the word. So as an example, I'm going to like, I'm going to say the word feminine. When I say feminine, what do you think of? Well, I I think probably closer to what you think, but in general, people would think uh, the the usual behaviors that are attributed to femaleness, you know, the things that are accorded femaleness, so being softer or more gentle or the things that is, I think, what is commonly thought of in our society. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I mean, so I, I do this exercise in a lot of my workshops, and one of the one of the funniest and also like, yep, that's true uh, moments was someone, I said, what, when I say feminine, what do you think of? And they said, feminine hygiene products. <laughs> like that's, you know, and it's like, yeah, that's what we think of. That's how, you know, that's how feminine is packaged to us. And there's so much to unpack just in that. So one of the ways that I talk about it is I use the word feminal instead of feminine. Oh, So right. I say... Yeah, it's it's a great word. And, it, you know, um, when I, my mom is a bit older and, and uh, she's turning 80 in June. And I said, you know, I was in a, she was in one of my workshops and I said, so when I say the word feminal, what comes to mind? And she said, um, like seminal. And I was like, perfect. That's so great. Seminal is such a powerful word. Yes. And we didn't have one. Right. But we do. We have a word that's like that. It's feminal. Um, and, and so it has all of the strengths of femininity without that overlay of like the, um, you know, the condition that we have around us. Right, right, right. (laughs) I I love it. Okay. Yeah, so I use the word feminal, the the feminal divine. So it's a five-fold model of the feminine divine. And those five aspects, again, I've chosen words that people are not going to be totally familiar with, but you'll get it once I say it. So the first of the five are famella. And famella, these are Latin terms. So famella means child. It means girl child, but it means child. Uh, and I'll talk about why that's important in a minute. Uh, the next is potens and potens means like potential and strength and empowerment power Um, i think of her as like moving forward Uh, then we have creatrix now creatrix means the creator then we have sapientia sapientia is like sapience it's knowledge awareness um, science and then we have Antiqua. And Antiqua means ancient woman. So those are the five aspects. Um, and and I was going to say what's important about having a girl is that in the maiden mother crow and archetypal system, we don't we actually don't have a space for the female child. And in the dominant culture, we have examples of the masculine as a divine child, like for example, the Christ child, mm-hmm. right? But we don't have a lot of pop culture symbols of femininity that are the child. And right. it's I important because, that. right? Yeah, and you yeah. can see why it's important. Because even with maiden mother crone, that we still don't have the girl. 
Right. That when we think of a maiden, we think of, you know, maybe a young woman who's, you know, early pubescent, you know, a young woman. We don't really think of a child. Right. Exactly. And and a lot of, so there's so much wrapped up in the maiden mother crone archetypal system, like there are ideas of sexual purity, right, which is a problematic concept. Right. Right. There's the um, inferred, you know, depending on the system, like a lot of maiden archetypes are actually very sexualized, which I'm very sex positive. I'm all for, you know, sexual expression, but external sexualization is a different thing than empowered sexual awareness. So the question is, who is she sexual for? Is she sexual for her own experience or is she sexual because someone from the outside is putting that on her? Yes, yes. You know, this is so interesting that we're having this conversation right this minute, Lazara, because just today I just was reading right before we got on this call at the time of this recording that I just read that uh, Donald Trump, and I hate to actually even inject him into this conversation. I'm sorry. I, I know, but, but, it's just, <laughs> but, no, that, but it's necessary. Yeah. But that he said at some point a 10-year-old child that he met her and then he turned and said within the the hear, the earshot of the little girl, he said, I'll be dating her in 10 years. Yeah. And so to look at a child and already sexualize her and imprint your own stuff onto her without allowing her just to be a girl. I think it happens so much and especially recently that a lot of the cartoons that you and I have grown up with, that there's kind of a redrawing of a lot of those cartoons to draw them into a more, you know, I guess, hip, snazzy, sexualized version of themselves. Mm-hmm. As mm-hmm. if without yeah. that sexualization that we can't exist. So I think that it's great to just have, you know, and obviously I'm I'm very sex positive as well, but it's wonderful to just have, okay, the girl, the, you know, the power of the girl just by herself. Right. Well, and one of the things that I want to say, too, as far as sex positivity goes, is that in Jailbreaking the Goddess, each of the five aspects, actually, I write about a sexual, the sexual expression of that aspect, because I think that our sexual identity, our sexual reality starts from inception. Um, there, There's no point at which we do not have a sensual sense of ourselves. And so the child has a sensual sex a sense of herself, but it's not to be sexualized externally, in my opinion, right? The way that we keep, keep our children safe, the way that we keep our, our children whole unto themselves is by protecting their sexual awareness and sexual awakening and letting that be a self-reflective process. Well said, well said. So how do we then use this, Lazara, use this five model? How do we use this in our own lives to empower ourselves on a day-to-day basis? Well, there are a lot of different ways that we can do it. One one of the things that I... um, you know, that I think, well, of course, read the book, you know, read the book and see how this new model lands for you. And if the model speaks to you, then there are a lot of ways in the book for you to integrate your own spirit, your existing spiritual practice into the fivefold model. 
there, you don't, I'm not telling people, you know, forget everything you've ever known, give up everything you've ever felt comfortable with. I'm just saying, here's a new frame. There are ways to take your, your current existing spiritual process and nest it into this more flexible model. Um, another thing is that I believe that one of the real strong functions of spirituality is community building. And I think that in America and especially in alternative spiritual traditions in America, that we kind of are missing out on a lot of the community building because it's because America is so incredibly individualist. I feel like American individualism has kind of um, stripped American spirituality of communality. And so in jailbreaking, one of the things that I'm offering back is this sense of like, how do we tie our spiritual process to our community? How do we tie it back into our good works in the world? How do we create um, sisterhoods and, and circles and safe spaces or safer spaces or braver spaces where we can do the work together? Oh, now this is really, really radical thinking. I think because, especially because not only because of our our sense of individualism as a culture, but also because this is the place where there's the separation of church and state, right? Or at least in theory, we like right. to pretend. We like right. to pretend <laughs> on its face, even when our our money says in God we trust. But we like to put put forward that idea. And so, but we're all bringing our full selves to whatever we do. Anyway, and so I think that this is a really radical idea. Can you expand upon this a little bit more? The idea of women and sister circles has been something that has always been very important to me. And I had my first sister circle, I think, around 2000, a goddess circle. Can you talk about that and what what women can do to organize circles of women if they're if they're needing that? Definitely. So there are a couple things. One is I am actually working on finding the right software to create a circle finding app on my website. So just specifically for people who want to be doing jailbreaking the goddess, if you want to be reading the book and working it with a group, I'm, I'm working on creating a way for people to find an interface in my, in my website, lasarafirefoxallen.com. Um, if you go there and you click on jailbreaking the goddess menu item on the main menu, there's a there's a drop down menu with a bunch of interactive um, stuff already. But I'm really working on making a community function um, one of the things you know that you can find other people who are working with the book in your region. Um, Another thing is I actually offer an initiation cycle based on the work in the book. So if, and it's all based online. So if a person wants to be working the book with me and with a group, um, definitely go to my website and check it out. And I'd love to have you on board. Um, also, if you just feel like just going it yourself, you can do that. Absolutely. I'm going to actually be putting a syllabus up on my website in the near future. Hopefully by the end of the month, I'll have that syllabus up there to give people a structure where they can actually just work um, the book in a group. Because a lot of the exercises and, and such that I offer in the book are about community involvement. And I really feel like it's going to give people an opportunity to um I feel like when we have a container where we can take our work and talk about it that it really gets better traction. Yes. 
Yes, I agree. I agree. And this is beautiful. Thank you for creating so many ways that people can be communal with your work and share it. And it really is an each one, teach one, each one, share with one model. I know that you have something that's called the magic embodied thinking process that you give away on your site. What is the magic embodied thinking process? Can you walk us through that? And how, how can we use that to access, I guess, our intuition or knowledge? Definitely. So I'm I'm going to have to actually open the, the document and see how I have it written down so that I give you the same information. But basically what it is, is it is a somatic process mm-hmm. so that you can use your physical process to give you information about a decision that you're making or about a thing that you're trying to figure out. Um, you know, like thinking or feeling about, I like to say, you know, with with my clients, sometimes I'll be like, no, stop thinking about it. I want you to feel about it for a minute. Yes. You know, so this is, so the magic process is a way to feel about it um, and to really get into the process of like, what does my somatic reality say about this thing? Um, so, and I'm still trying to open it because I don't have the five steps um, memorized. But basically, it's about dropping, and I can just walk us through the process right now. So I want want Mm -hmm. you to think of a thing that you're trying to decide about, for example. It can be anything like large or small. It doesn't matter. And I want you to just drop, drop into your physical body as you hold that decision that you're making or process that you're in. You hold that in your mind, you drop into your body, and as you start following your breath, I want you to, okay, so I have the five, the first thing is to move, so to, like, move around, just wiggle a little. I'm I'm a big, uh, you know, advocate for a little wiggling, um, yes. and just get into your body, so it's a way to just drop in so you're in your body. Then align your body. So A is align. So you want to find physical alignment in your body. You want to sit up tall or stand up. Your tummy is active and engaged, but not tense, just, you know, just engaged. Spine aligned, chest over hips, shoulders relaxed. And as you find that alignment, you're just allowing your body to do the process, right? Then from this aligned I want you to generate an outcome. Okay, so I want you to think of this thing that you're trying to decide what, the, which, which outcome you want. I want you to first generate one of the options. Okay, so just imagine that, that option. And notice how your body responds as you imagine yourself doing this option. Now, if any part of you doesn't feel aligned still, if there's a part of your body that's feeling out of alignment, I want you to see what can you do to bring it further into alignment. So maybe it's just let go of that idea and think of what is another way that I could handle this situation that I'm trying to um, figure out. Mm. Or maybe it's just recalibrating that first idea that you had and just allowing yourself, and your body will tell you, 
your body's going to say, yeah, that's it. That's exactly what I need. And then once you've generated the outcome, then initiate. So what is one thing that you can do to begin the process of what that outcome is? Hmm. And then as you think about the initiation, you're, you know, within the next 24 hours, I'm going to do this one thing. Does your body still feel in agreement? So that's the process. I think that this is wonderful. I'm glad it it worked. It it worked really well, really well that I am a big fan of saying, okay, well, what does your body say? Or, you know, put your hand over your womb or your hands over your heart and ask your body. And so it felt very at home for me to do this somatic process. And I think that this is really important because I think that we're very disconnected from our bodies very often and and only see our bodies from a lens of judgment or, you know, not necessarily being connected to listen to our intuition, which is, I believe, one of our our gifts, I think. Definitely. I love, right? So how do, so so let's share some rituals now. You are the sexy witch (laughs) and we're coming up on the full moon. Can you, Lazara, share with us about moon magic, that some people are unfamiliar with new moon magic versus full moon magic and what they can do with each with each energy? Right. So the first thing that I always like to say is trust yourself. And if a thing that I'm saying doesn't land for you, then know what works for you and do that. I always say trust yourself first, right? When it comes down to me being right or you being right, you're right for you. (laughs) Don't take my word for it. (laughs) So, so, So that's just my preface because I like to say, you know, before I say, and this is how the new moon works and this is how the full moon works. If your experience of it is different, definitely trust your own process. Um, but yeah. in my in my personal patterning, new moon magic is about so dark moon magic, like leading up to the new moon, is about release. New moon magic is about um, forward looking. So like I do every new moon, I do abundance, financial abundance magic. For example, that's just one of the Mm -hmm. things that you can do on a new moon. But you can start a project on a new moon. You can start a ritual cycle on a new moon. And then the full moon is a completion cycle. So, um, you know, when some people do, like I used to do haircutting by sign and by moon. And I wanted to have like an earth sign in in the waxing of the moon when I was trying to grow my hair out, for example. And our bodies do respond to these things, I believe. So, Oh, um, wait. Tell us, us, wait, I want to hear more about that. That sounds really interesting. (laughs) I'm very interested in that. That my In my family, we do new moon checks 
for abundance, like writing a yeah, tech, tech to the universe well. and that sort of thing. And so I'm very familiar with most of, you know, the things that I've grown up with and that I'm familiar with in terms of moon magic, but I don't know the hair growth uh, aspect. Please, let's have more yeah, details so- about that. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. So, you know, planting too. So like planting on a new moon, if you're going to repot something or if you're going to put in starts, you want to do it around the new moon and you definitely want to do it, generally speaking, in, a, in an, um, an earth or water sign. And that's true for, a, for trimming hair too, for length. If you want your hair to grow long, then you get your, you know, your every two months trim on a waxing cycle in a in a fertile sign. Ah, very interesting. And, so and on the other hand, if you want your hair to not grow, if you want to get a haircut and for it to not grow out quickly, then you would do the opposite. You'd do it on a on a waning moon cycle. You would do it on like an air um moon you know the the moon in in aries maybe oh lovely lovely and so for women who are gathering who may have an in-person sister circle or goddess circle what are some things that they could do as a group together for a full moon circle or a new moon circle well and that would depend on what the um what the intention of the group was for sure. But one of the things, if you're working with jailbreaking the goddess, one of the things is that if you wanted to do one of the initiation rituals, for example, and in jailbreaking, I offer initiation um, ritual um, formats so that you can create a ritual to dedicate yourself to one of the five or all of the five aspects. And, um, there are three different levels of initiation. The first one is like getting to know her. The second one is learning from her. And the third one is a full dedication. Like I will do your works in the world. Um, and so if you wanted to do those, then you, you know, my, my, my advice would be to really communicate with the deity and find out what moon cycle she felt would be best for your dedication. Um, but you can definitely work with your sister circle to create those rituals. Excellent. Excellent. So what can we do then, Lasara, given that, like, you know, that this election is coming up and it is at the time of this recording, one of the the major, if not the major thing that is going on on the moon, uh, on the moon, on the news. <laughs> feels like the moon. Yeah, <laughs> it does feel like the moon. <laughs> what, can, what do you recommend that we as women can do uh, mentally, physically, spiritually to, let's talk first about self-care, taking care yeah. of yourself. Yes, So exactly. many things feel exactly destructive when we're watching yes. the, these things that are happening. Right. That is exactly what I was going to say is like start with, you know, the whole um, – time of useful consciousness concept of, of, you know, put on your, your air mask first, you know, if the plane is going down yes. make sure you have your oxygen flow settled before you start helping other people out. Um, 
So I find that to be a useful metaphor for where we're at right now. Like yes. make sure that you're that make sure you're getting enough oxygen, um, because if you aren't practicing excellent safe you know self care and and creating that um, bubble of you know, really making sure that you're okay, then then this can be a really hard time. I know I just want to say something really serious right now, too, about it, which is that a lot of people are, a lot, in my world, a lot of people are feeling really traumatized right now um, by... Yeah, in my world, too. By, you know, by, by, the, by the statements that were made by by Trump. I hate even saying his name out loud, but you know, he made made statements. Yeah, right? It hurts. (laughs) But he made statements that really traumatized a lot of us. And and I actually asked on my Facebook wall, I said, are there any women, do I know any women who have not been sexually assaulted, either verbally or physically Mm -hmm. or, you know, emotionally sexually assaulted? Do I know any women who have not been and honestly, um, I think we're getting up to about 200 comments right now, and I think we've had one woman say that she has not been. Mm-hmm. And so, and you know, that's not, I mean, it's a sample, and, and I am purposefully using a wide definition of sexual assault, but I personally think that being catcalled is sexual assault. I definitely think that unsolic- unsolicited dick pics are sexual assault. Yes. Um, you know, like we there's there's a lot of quote unquote casual sexual assault going on, you know, just like casual racism, there's nothing casual about it right uh, right it you know it's aggressive, and there's a tone of the way that predators speak that's going on yeah. that you know I watched something on the news, and you know the candidate that we're talking about said. Well, no one was around and no one was there. There are no witnesses. That's what predators say. That And so we are our right. own witness and we are each other's witnesses. Absolutely. Today. So so I would say the, the big thing that's happening right now, and, and I feel like it's so important to notice because it's, it's so easy to get stuck in feeling like, what the hell? Like, how did we end up here? This is horrible. Um, and it is. And there's a, in, in facing our shadows, our collective and personal shadows, we can do work toward our liberation. And so the work that's showing up for us in this election cycle is very heavy. It's very dense. And it offers us a huge opportunity to really witness one another, to show up and be present in that process, to really honor the stories that are coming forward to take the time to make sure that we're reaching out, taking care of each other and, and asking, you know, are you okay? Are you doing all right right now? You know, is there anything that you need? Um, and, so, you know, in, in the thread that I had on Facebook, there were women telling their stories there for the, for the first time, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's like, it's, it, it is a healing movement that is coming up because we are all willing to stand up and say, you know, this happens to us and it's not okay. Yes. Yes. Thank you for sharing that, that you inspired me. I'm actually going to post that as well because I do feel that all of this is coming up to be healed. Just like the way that President Obama coming into office, people say, oh my God, the country is more racist. No, it's not more racist. It's the same stuff that's now, but there's a light being 
shined on certain things and there's, you know, cameras recording certain things. And so things are coming up to be healed. And the same with we're going to see, you know, if Hillary is in office that, you know, if she's in office and we're already seeing it during the election, all of these like patriarchal things that are coming up to the surface, it's she didn't create this. Nobody, you know, this is not new. This is coming up to be healed, and I think that this is a really powerful conversation about how we take care of ourselves and how we take care of each other. You I know agree. that, yeah, yeah. So, so thank you for sharing that. That what was trending was why women don't tell, and it's like, well, look what's happening. It's not like we tell we we talk about these things, and then they're you know warm and cuddly rewards <laughs> waiting for you on the other right. side. Right. So well, and one of the thing one of the things that that I had that I had been aware of too is that you know, and one of the reasons I asked this question was because a lot of men as good, you know, good kind-hearted stand-up feminist men even, a lot of them do not know, they literally do not know how prevalent sexual assault is for women. No, they don't. They don't, they don't, they actually don't even know the feeling of almost feeling like you're, you can, you can easily feel like you're hunted and unsafe just in your skin on a daily basis, just being out and about. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so this is, I think that this is, this is wonderful, wonderful work. And so, what is coming up for you next, Lazara? I know that did you have the retreat? Was the retreat earlier this year? What what's coming up and how no, can I have people to, participate? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So exciting. Um I have a retreat coming up early June. So Jailbreaking the Goddess in person retreat. It's gonna be uh limited to twenty five registrations. So if people are interested, please go to my website, LasaraFirefoxAllen.com and go to slash events or backslash back, um, events and then go to June and you'll find the uh, the retreat and register as soon as possible because it's definitely going to fill up. Um, it's going to be a phenomenal Thursday through Sunday experience and you, I hope you'll come. I would love to have you there. Yeah. <laughs> I will definitely um, check it out. Yes. Yeah, so it's going to be phenomenal. Um, leading up to that, I have my seven-month initiation cycle based on the work in Jailbreaking the Goddess, um, and that is an all-online, So, and I've had people from everywhere, from Japan to Australia to the U.K. and all over the States and Canada. Um, in that course, this will be my fourth time offering the online um, initiation cycle. It's very in-depth, it's very intensive, and it's very, very healing and uh, catalyzing. Um, and then also I'm offering, I'm going to be offering a, um, for the first time ever, I'm going to be offering an eight-week series based on the second half of Jailbreaking the Goddess, and, and that's um, our collective liberation is a concept that we're working with. Ooh, lots of juicy stuff coming up. Lots of juicy stuff coming up. And I will actually definitely look into being able to attend your retreat in June. It sounds really powerful, and I would love to be a part of it. So as yeah. we close, 
the questions that you said that were most on your mind at this time, I think are very important for me as a, the granddaughter of farmers. What you said, you wanted to talk about, like, what are you ready to harvest before winter sets in? What are you ready to plant in this soil at this time to bring into abundance in the spring? So please share for our listeners what you mean by that and what she should do with the, that those questions. Definitely. So, so many of us, um, you know, find the winter to be a time of slowing down and, and kind of pulling inward. And even if we make time for family and friends and, and we still have to show up at work, there's a, there's a period of time that is because it's darker for longer and because it's colder out, it's inclement. We aren't as inclined to be out in the world all the time. So how are you going to use that time to enrich yourself? How are you going to consciously uh, use that time to grow your own process? And uh, the question of, like, what are you ready to let go of so that it doesn't weigh you down through the dark months? I think those are just such relevant questions. Like, you don't have to carry all of your baggage. You can you can decide you're done with part of it and lay it down and be done with it. And and I find that the Witch's New Year, you know, Samhain for me, um, is a really a time of renewal. And and uh, the the ancient Celts, you know, observed the day as beginning with the darkness. So that's why Samhain is the Halloween is the Witch's New Year. That's the point at which we can let go of that which is not serving us so that we don't have as much weighing us down through the dark months. Yay. Yay. Well, this was such a beautiful conversation and such a necessary conversation because we can't allow ourselves and our joy to be kidnapped by the 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 things that are happening around us that are kind of traumatizing us on a on a daily basis and I don't say that lightly by any degree. So thank you for your work and for who you are, sis. You too. It's been so sweet. Such a wonderful time and I look forward to next time we get to talk. I do too. I do too. And for you who are listening, my beautiful goddess sister, I urge you to listen to this again and take notes and read Jailbreaking the Goddess and put these things into into effect in your own life, that you have agency. You are not the subject of anyone else's story, but you are the star of your own life. And if no one else has told you today, I love you, love you, love you, like cooked food, dream bigger, love yourself. Bye. Bye.